0: Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay.
1: Dun, dun 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 Stop. Jurassic Park. Correct the Mundo. Oh, oh <laughs> so <laughs> I, I got that. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know
2: I was supposed to be guessing.
0: Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well here's the thing, if you do the if you do the <laughs> da na, 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 everyone yes, will get it. But, that's uh, why I started her at that part. You guys may have heard that our guest of the episode also got it. Uh, Jason, Alt is going to be on the or show today. Or so he today. claims. Or so he claims. But I didn't know we
2: were guessing. <laughs> I also, I also <laughs> that knew it. feels bad. Of course <laughs> you <laughs> knew it. That's Jason, why you can I play laid, too. Uh, I was like, all right, he's singing the Jurassic Park
0: theme song to get me ready to play this game.
1: <laughs> That's why I laid two to one odds on Jimmy. Yeah, because I,
0: I knew the format. Anyway, how is it going, everybody? You are watching and listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And today, as you may have already heard, we have a very special guest on, and we have a lot of stuff to talk about with that special Guest, Josh. What's what's coming up today?
1: Yeah. Well, Commander 2017 is still a little ways off, but one thing EDH players are sort of historically bad at is responding quickly to what I'll call financial ripples that Commander-centric cards and products produce. So we know this because our guest, who we'll introduce in a little bit. Uh, always says so, and he's pretty much universally recognized as the number one EDH finance expert. One of his many nicknames, I might add. So similar to guessing the song earlier, I'll allow you right now to guess who our guest is. Of course, <laughs> you've probably seen the title of the episode, and it probably has his name right on
0: it. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> so He's uh, also known as the Ryan Seacrest. Uh, uh, I uh, know Jordan this Magic. one, too, yeah. <laughs> <And> I guess. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about getting ready... So that you can sort of save money and not get hosed later. Yeah. Uh, But before that, we always have to mention, of course, that our show is brought to you by cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's the affiliate link. Now, this is literally the show to use the affiliate link after because we're going to talk about... How you can save money. And if you use that affiliate link, you're also going to get a great price by ordering for Card Kingdom and you're going to get great shipping as soon as the product comes out.
1: And you're going to be supporting this show and other shows like Game Nights and all of our content. That's what we call value. Yeah. Another one Another one of our great sponsors is Ultra Pro, Ultra Pro, has We've talked about them every episode because they've come out with the Eclipse sleeves. They also have given us a ton of products to give away. Yep. We give it away mostly during game nights. We're also giving away a lot at GP Vegas. In fact, I'm just going to hold this up. Sorry if you're listening on the radio. You can't hear it, but...
0: Ugh. You can definitely hear it. This can- is... All product that we're going to be giving away at GP Vegas this year is full. That's about a third of it. Josh is a buff dude, too. That might be, (laughs) it's heavy,
1: yeah. That might be actually more like a quarter of it. So we have so much stuff to give away from Ultra Pro. We thank them so much. Uh, Watch the latest game nights when it comes out every time so you have a chance to win the Ultra
0: Pro stuff in general. And, of course, use those Eclipse sleeves. They're awesome. Yeah. Finally, the last way to support the show and the one that is dearest to my heart is our patrons at patreon.com slash command zone now we do one special thing where we shout out the patron every single episode and that patron this time is ng, NG salama. salama that's NG. a cool name ng you rock you rock um now of course if you guys are listening to this episode and you're like ah, yeah, well, i want to get to the topic also don't forget to stick to the end because we're going to be talking about a lot of gp vegas stuff because we're going to be there alongside our guest
1: yeah gp vegas if you're listening to this it's probably in the next day or two so we're very excited stay tuned at the end of the episode all right, let's move into our main topic, which is financial preparation. Saving that money. You know we all do it, or rather we don't do it. We don't plan ahead. We go, I knew that card was going to go up in price, and I was going to pick it up, and I was, or I was going to build that deck, and then I waited, and then I got hosed because the price went through the roof. Whoops. Commander <laughs> 2017 is coming. We've seen some leaks. Yeah. Um, every year this happens, the Commander mm-hmm. product comes out, and it has a pretty profound effect on the format, on our wallets. So we thought this episode, we'd try to make it... It's not about speculating on cards. It's just about getting ready so that you can save money. It's not trying to like buy yeah. up a bunch of cards and make money.
0: Yeah, th- we're not trying to make you all... EDH financiers, uh, we're just trying to help you save some money and buy the cards before they do their inevitable price spikes, uh, before they get to the point where it's like, well, you know, maybe I won't build that deck anymore because X, Y, and Z.
1: Yeah, it's about preparing now so you can save money later. But Jimmy and I are also not finance experts. Nope. So we've brought in a special guest just for this occasion. He's a writer for MG, MTG Price. He's the editor for the articles on EDH Trek. He's one of the hosts of Brainstorm Brewery and Money Draft. He's the originator of the 75% theory. He's the Minister of Commander Finance, the Ryan Seacrest of Magic. That's our nickname. Jason Alt. welcome to the show.
0: Welcome back.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, fellas.
0: Yay. It's been too long, man. It's been literally two and a half years since we've had you on the show. That's not
2: my fault, though. (laughs) Like... (laughs) I have no control over when I come on, so I'm just, I'm glad to That's be fair. back. That's, I mean, what about fair. all those times we
1: asked you and you just said, no, I don't want to. What yeah. about that? Hey, about you know that? what? EDHYNC Chris,
2: has got a lot of irons in the fire <laughs> and sometimes uh, that is definitely he's got to Though... refer to himself in the third person he's <laughs> so busy.
1: I think the list of your uh, of your acclaim, you know, like the herald list as you yeah. walk down into the throne room that I just gave was the longest of any guests we've had.
0: So Yeah, you they're know. still like blowing the horns as they announce your, <laughs> your entrance. <laughs> The host of the Ryan she crushed her magic, and everyone cheers. You, you forgot the Lord of the Andals and crown. King in the North, but like, yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Mother <laughs> of dragons, Jason Alt, everybody. Um, so, you know, in the two and a half years since you've been on our show, Commander has evolved quite a bit, uh, and I think has now become a major player in terms of finance, major player in terms of product releases. It's one of the most, I mean, we get spoilers and and leaks and previews every single year for every new set, but whenever it's a Commander thing, you find, I find in the comments of Reddit and stuff, more and more people are responding and talking about this stuff because it's, we're a force now to be reckoned with.
2: Yeah, and I think it's, um, it's a lot more easy for people to just like casually have an edh deck on them you know it used to be yeah. i don't play that format now it's like yeah whatever i got the the deck in my bag you can build for all those other formats that don't really go anywhere but if you build <laughs> an edh deck you know that you're not going to get blown out by everyone deciding it's not a format sorry tiny leaders Oof, so uh, i i think if you can just go buy a precon and spend 50 bucks tuning up and have a deck that's at least okay that's uh, that's enough for people. So I think it's become a more mainstream for people to play at hardcore, but B, I think it's become a little bit more acceptable for people to be just total casuals and just kill time between rounds playing ADH.
0: That's how the format originally started from the judges that wanted to kill some time. Also, I would say like the chant, like if you had to give a percentage chance, if you were at a GP and you were like, "Hey, do you have a modern deck? Hey, do you have a legacy deck? Hey, do you have a whatever? Hey, do you have a commander deck?" would probably be the most high hit. I think. That's in a general. really good point. That's a really good point. I figured. But it wasn't like that two and a half years ago when you were on, Jason. I listened to that
1: episode in preparation for this one, and we were talking about just how EDH was kind of not relevant to MTG Finance in general as far as a market force. Yeah. And now it feels like it has really become a big force in the market. In fact, if you listen to EDH, or sorry, finance content, either podcasts or read articles or whatever, EDH is mentioned maybe more than almost any other format right now. I mean, you were way ahead of, way ahead of everybody on this one. Do you want to talk about how that's maybe changed in the last two and a half years?
2: Well, I think really the uh, the thing that's different now is, A, I'm just talking and writing and podcasting and guesting and, you Ryan know, C-cresting. I'm spreading the word a lot. Yeah, I'm seacresting all over the place. I'm like, hey, this is a thing. But also, I think uh, people have caught on to the fact that Standard makes 15 to 20 cards relevant, you know? Mm-hmm. And modern makes a couple hundred cards relevant, but EDH is a bulk rare format. Everything matters uh, because so many different commanders out there can make so many different types of cards relevant. Right. Anything that's a powerful effect might not have a, a home in in modern because people aren't trying to do that. You know, or they're it not trying to do mana. Panharmonica. Yeah, they're not trying to Parallel Lives in modern. Yeah. Or anything that costs six, seven mana, which is like the middle of your curve in edh and like past the end of your curve in legacy no one's playing six mana spells in legacy unless you're like cheating them into play right There's and then like they're playing 15 <laughs> mana your, <spells>. your mana <laughs> curve goes like yeah i my mana curve stops at three and then i play omniscience because i show and tell it but in <laughs> edh it's like yeah six mana is fine so all of a sudden these cards that you know when <laughs> no one was playing mana reflection in standard but all of a sudden a couple years go by and everyone's like whoa did I read Mana F- Reflection right if I tap a doubling cube, Q- Wow, wow. So uh, I, think, uh, I think the fact that it can make so many different cards relevant forever, you know, because yeah. there's no rotation in EDH.
0: There's no rotation and it's easily playable. That's the big one. You yeah. don't need to go to a GP to play. You don't need to go to a specific FNM. I mean, how many FNMs have you seen that are like, hey, we're doing standard tonight and maybe modern if it fills? You can right. walk into any f and m be like who wants to play commander and find people and not have to worry about entry and prizes and all that stuff too
2: and it's a good social format you can't nobody wants to hang out and play modern and drink beer, but ah, you know you, you'd be surprised, you tell I'm people sure. after <laughs> f tell people after f and m's over we're going to you know this person's house and we're gonna you know, drink some beer till three in the morning playing EDH, and for whatever reason that uh, that's more appealing to a lot of people. So yeah. I think the format's good, and I think the format's just more relevant to the a larger percentage of Magic cards ever. That's why it feels more financially relevant, just because it can't move the cards as much as uh, like Standard or Modern still, mm-hmm. but it moves more cards.
1: Right. Yeah, I think that makes sense because if a new card comes out and it's relevant in Modern, it's a card that's relevant in Modern. If a new commander comes out, it makes 90 cards. Well, not the lands. It makes 62 cards, Right. you know, potentially. Like, if it's a Patra, relevant that were never relevant before. Yeah, it turns hey, some Get cards. Hey, Gitrog Monster
2: made, uh, Monster made stuff like Dakmore salvage. There you go. It made uh, lands relevant. So. Yeah,
1: so yeah. That, that, I think, is a big thing. And speaking of which, you know, we've seen the leaks from Commander 2017. We talked about them a couple of episodes ago. They were the dragons. Um, and so... We know that Commander 2017 is on the way, and we wanted to talk to you about sort of getting ready for that. Um, Obviously, we know there's going to be four tribal decks, and we know one of them is Dragons. So we kind of wanted to chat with you how people should be thinking about, you know, August as a a sort of target date to sort of get ready, because everybody's going to want to build these decks. Like, most of our listeners, Jimmy and I for sure, I'm sure you, Jason, are just like... Every time the commander product comes out, we're geared up for it. We're chomping at the bit, and we have a little advance notice this time because normally they don't tell us anything. Yeah. But now we know they're tribal. We know one of the tribes. Do you want to talk about maybe what tribes you think are the most likely to show up of the remaining three? Should we even be trying to predict that? Are there other things we should be thinking about?
2: Okay, from a finance perspective, if you want to speculate, like I like to speculate because it's fun, it's gambling, right?
1: And by speculation, you mean like... Picking a card you think is going to be uh, increased in value based on the stuff that's coming out and buying a lot of it just to try and make money.
2: Yeah, so people are buying dragon stuff because they know that the dragons are the tribe. So the real Mm -hmm. speculation would be like, I think Slivers will be a tribe. Really? I'm going to buy Sliver Hive or something like that. My personal belief is that there are four decks because they're five color
0: you think all of them are gonna be five color? that's what i was thinking too honestly i
2: think i think you can do five color dragons five color slivers five color elementals
0: don't get my hopes up man well all i don't know what
2: the fourth one will be but
0: five color Nekusar. (laughs) just all different versions of Nekusar, but they're all five (laughs) color for josh uh, there you go. Someone posted the comment recently. was like, what is five color Nekusar? We get that every time. <laughs> Guys,
1: I'm able to Nekusar deck, but Nekusar is not the actual commander. It's just in the deck, and I put a f- random five color general as the general so that I could have all five colors available to me. Yeah, I mean,
0: elementals and slivers make sense. They already have had five color uh, generals in those colors uh, Sliver, Hive Lord, and Sliver Queen. And then you have, uh, what's his name, the Trampler guy, the 5 5. Mm-hmm. Is Shal an elemental? Maybe not, but other way.
2: See, yeah, I think it isn't or an avatar, maybe or uh, I don't know. Two it's
0: child larva decks, and a, I have no idea. what We time. should
2: know this. I bet yeah. your listeners are like they're gosh, screaming it at the radio. They don't know, Those idiots. Yeah. We just know it's a baby.
1: It's you, a big, baby. Do you think that's a smart way to go? Is to try and like predict what you think the uh, tribes are gonna be and and try to like start sort of building the deck or gathering some of the resources right now i mean is that even smart
2: you if i mean is it smart no but it's a lot of fun (laughs) Uh, if you want to make a smart play i think you make uh plays based on what we know and i think you can wait a little bit to know even more information something i wrote about this week on mtg price was just waiting on some stuff so there's uh there's some tribal stuff that we know all the decks are tribal even if we don't know what the tribes are Mm -hmm. so you can kind of look at what's going to be relevant in tribal decks and there's a there's a concept of stuff missing its reprint window. That's what I like to to say. So you look at something like Phyrexian Altar that's like thirty bucks on most websites, right? Mm-hmm. Some places are selling it for a little cheaper, but for the most part, Phyrexian Altar is just priced out of a lot of people's
0: decks. And it's been going up and up.
2: Yeah. Well, and here's why there was a there was a time when it was like fifteen bucks, and it could have gone in uh, Commander twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. uh, like the Duretti deck or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I kind of thought, man, if, and if they don't print it there, or if they don't print it in like the Marin deck. So like when the Marin deck came out, that was, was that 14 or 15?
0: It was 15. 15. Yeah.
2: Okay. So yeah. So I I said when commander 2015 was coming out, I'm like, look, they missed the chance last year to print for altar.
1: They could have put it in Brea. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But if they don't print it now, this is never going to be 15 bucks again. And uh, it's going to be super tough to reprint at thirty bucks because you got a what like a forty dollars MSRP product. Mm-hmm. You can't jam a thirty dollars card in there,
1: right? Because everyone just, will just buy that one and it'll screw up the whole s- system. We've seen that before, right?
2: Well, it's yeah, it's just really tough. Like, do you make one of the decks worth eighty bucks because you jammed a thirty dollars card in there? Mm-hmm. And the price will go down as people buy those decks, but like still. It's really tough to reprint a thirty dollar card in Commander. It's just it's really tough to do a fifteen dollar card, yeah, okay, you can do can it. Can you
1: explain that a little bit more, Jason? Because I think our listeners probably don't understand like why not? Why not just shove one thirty dollar yeah. card in one of the decks? But we saw and it with ED like true name nemesis. Too. Yeah, they don't understand like how that screws up the production process for what Well, tr-
2: they had no idea how much true name nemesis right, go- right, right. was gonna be. I'm not saying they did it on they, purpose, uh, but it happened. Yeah. yeah, I mean, sometimes they don't realize how good, like, they didn't, I don't think they knew how good Thrag Tusk was going to be, I don't think they knew what Looter Scooter was going to do to Standard, I, th- I think sometimes they just make mistakes. So, uh, they knew True Name Nemesis was going to be okay in EDH, but I don't think they knew it would be that relevant in Legacy, or maybe they did and they just wanted to sell decks. Yeah. I think they thought True, Nemesis would be, True Name Nemesis was being good as Legacy, as good in Legacy, wow, mm-hmm. as a Containment Priest. right. Uh, and they clearly thought dual caster major was going to be super relevant too, and that sort of flopped. So it's they're they're sort of guessing with some of these cards. So on a new card, yeah, there's no set MSRP price for a true name nemesis, and the rest of the deck was pretty gassed, too because they had the um, the, was the Strix, the Jaleva, I think, yeah.
1: Jaleva deck, yeah.
2: Yeah, the Strix was also in there. So that Nekusar deck was uh, was pretty gassed. There was a man. There's a lot of good cards because I just I I bought every one I could find at like Walmart and Target. And I just had, like, stacks of all the... Why
1: wouldn't they just put, like, doubling season in one of the decks this year? Like, can you explain that?
2: Uh, well, okay, so you, you got a card that's, like, retailing for about, like, what, 40, 50 bucks? Mm-hmm, Even yeah. 30 is a little too much. So if you want to charge $40 MSP, MSRP for the product, either the deck's terrible because there's a $30 card and a bunch of bulk rares. They're trying to shoot for, like, I think, probably about $50.
1: Like, total value of the deck?
2: Total like, value of the deck. secondary market? Like, gotcha. Yeah. So all those cards are going to add up to about fifty, fifty-five bucks. Because as all those cards are open and those copies hit the market, that'll bring the price down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the decks won't be worth nothing, you know. They don't want like a five-dollar combined value um, and charging forty bucks because no the stores are sitting on those decks no one wants. Exactly. Yeah. So they want to shoot for having after the reprints start to bring the prices down. They want it around MSRP within like ten bucks of it. So it's not a ridiculous. Value that everyone's buying the stores out of just those copies, and then the stores are sitting on all the other copies. Yeah, and they don't want one that's just total garbage.
0: I mean, Wizards already has a problem with the Commander precons, where everyone wanted the Atraxa deck, for instance, not yeah. because of some specific reprint in the deck, just because of the Commander it itself. It did the True Name Nemesis thing, kind of. Yeah, but ju- with the Commander, which is even more dangerous.
2: They did. They didn't really see that coming.
0: They, I mean, it's imp- all those. It's hard all to All those are that. pretty
2: good, though. Like, yeah. I really kind of like all of the commanders, so I was surprised that everyone. And everyone's doing boring stuff with the Traxa too. It's like <laughs> this is the one we want, but we're all going to build it the same way. I'm like, that's kind of boring. And what's <laughs> I don't really, know funny, if that's
1: true. There's Planeswalkers. There's Infect. Well, not and there's plus everybody's plus one just plus one plus one. Not
2: everybody's building a, a Traxa deck with red in it in a different. Commander. I mean, I've
1: I've seen those lists. <laughs> I've seen those lists from people. Well, we get sent lists, of course, and I guess people yeah. send us the lists that they think are the most unique. So maybe I'm. I'm I'm biased by seeing that. I mean, I haven't built an Atrox deck. Well, I saying. see the
2: opposite of that. I'm yeah. all uh, dialed in with EDH wreck, and I kind of see the averages. I kind of see, hey, eighty percent of people that build a deck and put it on tapped out have these seventy cards in common. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, it's it's cool that we're seeing outliers, but I'm like, I'm seeing just a lot of consensus.
0: I think that's also what happens. When you release a new deck and new players come in to build their deck for the first time, it's it's easier to net deck that first deck out or to just go with the sort of obvious but cool answer, which I think is Planeswalkers in a lot of players' cases for Atraxa. A lot of players probably have been sitting around for a long
1: time looking for something to just throw all their Planeswalkers into. And there's been decks where you could do it, but not so obviously as this. And I think yeah. that that's, look, those are your cool shiny cards in your binders, your Planeswalkers. Yeah. Not shiny because they're foiled, just because those are like... They just look different than other cards. And so and all to be able to just be like, I'm just throwing those all in that. Yeah. I just think a lot of people, that appeals to a lot of people. So I get it. Um, I still think there's probably a ton of people out there, Jason, going, I don't get it. Why doesn't Wizards just throw a doubling season into one of the decks? That doesn't, like, then we would all have doubling season. Like, that doesn't, that I don't think that that's intuitive to people about why they wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm.
2: Wizards has to be real careful with stuff like this, right? Yeah. because as a, their official company policy is they are completely agnostic to the fact that there's a secondary market as far as they're concerned every single magic card is worth a 15th of the cost of a booster pack and hey some of them are selling for more on eBay i guess i heard that that's not <laughs> a thing i can acknowledge as a company <laughs> they have to bear the uh, they have to bear that price in mind but they aren't there's there's not going to be uh, a way for them to make one of those decks be like two to three times the uh, the value uh, as the MSRP. Mhm. Because people would just buy that deck and it would it would crush the prices of everything else. Like they they know the fin- the the financial markets exist. They mm-hmm. know there's a secondary market for the game and they they take that into account how many bulk rares are in the deck versus how many like chase rares are in the deck
0: that's also helping to sell the decks too you know
1: they don't want to sell just one out of the four decks and leave the other three are sitting on shelves because then you got to think about i got to sell this product again and who i'm i got to sell it to just to people who are going to sell it yeah so if a store is like every time i get these only one sells and the other three sit there
0: it's not good for business yeah
1: so i think that's a, a reason they don't do it. which sort of does that in your mind make certain cards like basically they can't be in the in the decks
2: yeah, I think some cards are ruled out, um, but what I wanted to talk about is I think there are a few cards that are sort of this set's Phyrexian Altars. So they mm-hmm. have to be reprinted
1: like, now, otherwise they're going to fall into the category where they can Otherwise they're going to be
2: nuts. Yeah, if if there's one card you wanted me to, to say is this set's Phyrexian Altar, I would say it's Patriarch's Bidding. Do you guys uh, know what Patriarch's Bidding does?
0: Uh, We're going to find out super soon. I'm just thinking of it really hard while typing on the keyboard. The, I can picture the, the um, art, but I don't... Three black, black oh, okay. each player chooses a creature type, and then each player returns all creature cards of a type chosen this way from their graveyard to play, so this is a card from Onslaught and it is uh it's it's about sixteen sixteen bucks on card kingdom right now mm-hmm. To, I yeah. figured
2: I would use Card Kingdom prices because they sponsor you, and they sponsor you. Oh, ADHD. what a nice Go guy. Go Card Kingdom.
0: Go Card Kingdom.com slash commands, thank you. Yeah, it's a very powerful <laughs> card. Obviously a card that's very good to be yeah, a tribal. one-sided tribal kind of card, too. And yeah, for tribal uh-huh. specifically, that's a great point.
2: And that's a problem for Commander 2017. Mm-hmm. You want one-sided effects, right? You want destroy all slivers, right? Yeah. You want... just. Dis- Pick a creature type, blah, blah blah. Every other creature type dies, or something like that. You don't want your dragon's opponent gets four dragons while you get four slivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benny Smith wrote an article about. Uh, I forget what man. I forget what it was called. I I'm, I'll find it for you guys. so You can put it in the show notes. Uh, Benny Smith's a a great EDH writer over on Star City, and he wrote a real compelling case for stuff like Patriarchs bidding not being a good choice for the set, just because of its um uh, how. Symmetrical it is.
1: We do know that they design the sets in the environment with the other sets We've heard uh, people from Wizards talk about they play those decks against each other um, And and that's part of the development and design process So that's a really good argument actually against something like Patriarch's bidding because Mm -hmm. in that environment where every deck is tribal That card's not actually very good It's only good in the overall environment of EDH where you're the only tribal deck at the table most of the time.
2: Yeah, and you might be so if you build your slivers deck or your dragons deck, and you sit down three months after Commander twenty seventeen, you're not going to be playing against a bunch of tribal decks. There's going to be a dude playing, you know, whatever the dude playing group hug, Infect and then Attraxa. there's going to be somebody. Yeah, exactly. It's it's going to be a bunch of different archetypes, and maybe you're the only tribal person. And right. uh, patriarchs bidding's real good, but that doesn't completely rule it out. Um, how symmetrical they could put a Patriarch's bidding in every single deck and it'll be three bucks. You just don't know if they're all five um, color. You mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've, they've never done anything like that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you, you don't know for sure when you will know for sure is when the, all the decks are completely spoiled. And I think you have about four months after all the decks are spoiled to get your Patriarch's biddings for like 15, 16. I think it's 30 bucks in a year.
1: Do you think wow. it's that long anymore? Cause it felt like, The Atraxa cards went up pretty fast this time. I I felt like it used to be that window was way longer after the Commander product came out. Just
0: because it was so easily available, it felt and like.
1: just EDH players move kind of slow. There's no urgency, right? There's no... I uh, really do. There's not yeah. a tournament coming mm-hmm. up. It's like, when Standard, when Ket comes out, there's a pro tour in two weeks, and there's a big, you know, some kind of tournament the very next week. Actually, the week it comes out, there's usually, like, uh, a tournament at your local LGS. You need those cards right away. Mm-hmm. There's no equivalent for EDH forcing you to build the deck tomorrow.
2: Yeah, people are buying from Star City just so they can pick them up in person at a Star City Open. Yeah. But, like, that's, that's the window for for standard cards this isn't standard a lot of people like man that sliver's deck is cool i'm gonna ask my parents for it for christmas and i'll get it in three months i can
0: wait a couple i mean that's when people are used to getting the commander product too so this might change things
2: they don't buy the stuff that's going to go in the deck until they get the deck and start building it Mm -hmm. even though they like hey i know this is coming in the mail i could easily buy the rest of the stuff they really don't historically anyway yeah it it felt like that
1: i don't and maybe i'm wrong jason um it it feels like that window is sort of lessening though. So commander product comes out and instead of having six months, you know, this time we had a lot less before the attracts stuff started going up. And I feel like we could have even less time this time from when the tribal decks come out. I don't, yeah. maybe I'm wrong though. That's, I don't have any data. You're the it still guy.
2: feels like an eternity to me. Cause I plan on, f- Filling my online shopping cart that day. Uh-huh. Right, right. So uh, everybody else, if, if they only take two months instead of six, that still feels like an eternity to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I wanted to ask about is if each of these decks is going to be five colors, that means that they're going to have to dedicate a few card slots to making sure that people can play each color of each land. Um, do you think that's going to affect any cards prices as in like are they gonna have to jam more cards in those so they leave a little more space for other more chase rares or do you think it's going to be like hey maybe they'll include a Shockland in some of these
2: uh, i don't think they would do a Shockland. what they did was uh included some pain lands if you look in the last set and pain mm-hmm. lands were going up because of eldrazi
0: right mm-hmm.
2: and uh that sort of rained those prices in. so that uh you know brushland is one that i i don't know was reprinted Stuff like that, but we did see like Carplusen Forest, uh, right that rained that card's price in a little bit. I, I think, think we Shivan could see Reef some more too. stuff like that,
0: yeah.
1: That's uh, really interesting because the mana yeah. bases are gonna have to be pretty complex for if, if, they're, if they're all five, five color. color. Yeah. At least one is, though,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: I yeah. mean, I, I don't know that we'll, I would expect to see stuff like Flamekin Village and uh, and, and stuff like that, but I, I wouldn't expect to, to try anything like Tavern of Souls sure. or <laughs> yeah, try lands for sure, but it, it, it's it's gonna be the mana bases were pretty good for being you know for having some rares in them because yeah. there were rares in the, in the but it was like forbidden orchard and stuff like that you mean for so uh,
1: for the four color stuff
2: for the four color stuff yeah. exactly and uh we got chromatic lantern in one deck i kind of expect to see coalition relic uh oh, that be awesome. getting if we're actually getting uh, four or five color decks, I expect to see stuff like Coalition Relic and just. Um, I'd love to see more some more new turns, stuff because
1: that card's going up as well. They could do it again. It's just going to keep going. And up.
2: we knew, yeah, we knew it would go up because yeah. it was like it, it was expensive before, and it dipped even less than I predicted. I was like, hey, here's the price I predict to be the floor. Buy them at that because they'll they'll shoot right back up. They barely dipped, so I hmm. think uh, another Chromatic Lantern reprinting would be fine. I mean, they reprinted a bunch. They command tower a bunch, Sol Ring a bunch, right? You know, swift foot boots a bunch. They've demonstrated that look, if there's something that's a staple, we'll just jam it in here all the time. And, What's uh, that
0: land that lets you bounce your commander back to your hands? Commander uh, beacon, command Beacon? yeah, command beacon, yeah, command beacon. We could see yeah. some of those lands,
2: and that's that's fairly expensive. Yeah, uh, uh, that, w- that was one fair, of those
0: cards. Yeah. By the way, that that you know we're talking about where they went up a ton after time. Um, another question I had, Jason, is last year we saw two cards get reprinted three times, essentially, I think. It was Phyrexian Arena and then Inquisition of Kozilek. Within a period of like four months, the card just got printed again and again and again. Do you think there are any cards that are in that realm that they might be throwing into the commander decks as well? Especially maybe from C- uh, the, the four-color decks because they have four colors?
2: Yeah, I think that's certainly possible. If, if we're doing four-color to five-color back-to-back, I think there there's going to be a lot of overlap. They could end up uh, reprinting some of the brand new stuff they got, like, uh, what's that, uh, Geoscope? Prismatic oh, right, Geoscope right. or Prisman- something like that. Yeah, and then yeah. there's the...
0: The yeah, Crystalline uh, Walker as well.
2: Crystalline Walker, is a, it's, a, it's a very good card. Oh, that card is and really good. Yeah. <laughs> they don't really reprint a ton of stuff back-to-back, but they've never really... Uh, just the fact that it's four decks instead of five is what makes me suspicious. Mm-hmm.
1: What's it make you suspicious of?
2: Uh, that it... <sighs> At the very least, I expect two of the decks to be five-color, if not all of them. It actually
1: makes a lot of sense when you put it that way. They're probably all five-color, you've convinced me, because why do four? Yeah.
2: Oh, you know, allies is actually a potential five-color tribe. I just thought of that. General Tazri could be in the deck. Right. Give you a new five-color ally general. Yeah, and then you could could be
0: sub-tribal of humans as well, or core. You know, you got a little bit of... Well, we know they, from the dragon ones that they have like a cat
1: dragon. They even have a legendary human monk. They have a dragon spirit. So mm-hmm. they can sort of do that dual tribal thing and sort of give you pieces for even tribal decks that aren't part of the five color.
2: Mm-hmm. And that, that human monk is going to be at the helm of his own blue-white deck and it's going to be quite good. And it. yep. it's going to have nothing to do with dragons and that'll be fine.
1: I think they'll do that throughout all four of the decks too. And that's that also speaks to doing five color decks because that allows them to to plant those in every one of the decks, basically, in whatever, whatever colors they feel like. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. You had a couple more cards that you, uh, that you told me about. Do you want to talk about, um,
2: yeah. So, sort of, I think there are two more potential patriarchs bidding type cards. Um, they're not quite as expensive now and won't be quite as expensive after, but I think these are still two cards to watch that if they're not reprinted, I bet they go up a lot. And one of them, I'm sort of predicating this on there being a slivers deck, but even if there's not, I think Mana Echoes is a very good pick.
0: Yeah, this has not again been pre- printed since Onslaught, so it's... both of your picks so far are from Onslaught. You just you just eyeing that set? Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, that that's just happens oh, to no, it I'm hits a lot of. Uh, well, no, when you when you think about it, oh, there's a reason a, it's a tribal for that. Set, a right? it's yeah, it's a tribal set, but also it's it's. Old enough, yeah. You know, oh. that some of that stuff is mana echoes are old enough to drive. You know, at this point, copies of that card are old enough to drive, so they're going to be scarce. They're going to end up getting run through washing machines and sold off, and you know, yeah, there weren't the as many to, to begin with. His mom sells his cards. Yeah, like this, this, those cards just sort of disappear. And like that was, that was back when not as many people were playing Magic. So like all of Magic was maybe a, a tenth of what it is now. So even if Mana Echoes completely saturated the market, the market's ten times bigger now. So onslaught stuff is it's sort of primed to pop right about now. We we saw a lot of uh, Invasion Block stuff kind of do the same thing, and this this stuff's uh, a couple years ago. So this stuff's sort of right in that same window. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it's tribal is just. It, that's uh, you know that's how I identified that card, but I mean it was it was really primed to to start moving.
1: Let me read it and, for those people who don't know what it does. It's two red red sure. for an enchantment. It says whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you may add an amount of colorless or diamond mana to your mana pool equal to the number of creatures you control that share a creature type with it. Yeah. So if you cast a sliver and you have four slivers on the battlefield, then you'll get four mana.
2: And And if you you have a sliver queen, you go infinite.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you make slivers and then, boom,
0: it's enter the battlefield, not cast. Yeah. Uh the thing about mana echoes is that one it's a weird effect i think in red also i've seen this card and i've had it tossed around my binders for a lot but i've never had a tribal deck that wants to take use of it and i think after seeing if they're all five color they'll all want this they're they're all going to want it for one and in general you're going to get some other new printed cards that are going to help tribal decks out that all of a sudden someone's be like hey great i don't have any of the four tribes that they made but i wanted to make a wizard tribal deck and finally, I have new things for it, and I'm going to use Mana Echoes or whatever. So it's going to be a very interesting situation, I think, for these cards, because they're doubly increasing in value, even if they and if they're not reprinted, they're going to even go even higher up in value, right? I mean, that's, that's my
2: prediction. I think that Mana Echoes is 7 to 10 right now. I think it's 15 to 20 in a year. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't get reprinted. If it doesn't get reprinted, because I think a lot more people are going to uh, build tribal as a result of... We're getting more than just four new tribal commanders.
0: Right, right. We're getting as a result lots we're of we're getting, tribal getting a, support. quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So if you uh, if you go on the Mana Echoes page on EDHREC.com, all you need to do is go to EDHREC.com and then just type Mana Echoes in the search bar. Another know uh, great that's gonna bring part
0: up, of this website, by the way, yeah. guys.
2: Uh, they're good. It's going to bring up the top commanders that play that, and it's kind of lopsided. Hmm. So you have a couple decks with two hundred plus, Kranko, Sliver Overlord, and Marith play it a lot. And then under a hundred, you got like Grenzo, Sliver Queen, Perforos. So it's uh the, the people playing it now are very aware of it in a few decks. But I'm surprised more Sliver Queen. Yeah, decks that's shouldn't there's there's go s- infinite. There's
1: only seventy four Sliver Queen decks that run it, but that, that seems crazy to me, yeah. Because
2: but Sliver Queen is a—it's also a forty-dollar card, and Sliver Overlord costs eleven. So I bet there are more total Sliver Overlord decks.
0: Yeah. Right, and you can use the mana in Sliver Overlord in the same, almost not the same way, a very similar way. Yeah, it's not—you don't go infinite though, like Sliver Queen, where yeah. you just—yeah,
2: because it puts stuff in your hand rather than in play. But it puts stuff in your hand. You go find any Sliver you need, and you can get control a target Sliver, which I've definitely used in a game to take somebody's uh, giant changeling uh chameleon colossus yeah oh nice <laughs> he, was, he was about to go lethal with chameleon colossus and i just, just no i'll took, take that <laughs> t- took control and made him whiff with it so that you do uh stupid fun stuff like that that's why tribes are fun
0: yeah
1: there's another card you uh had mentioned um you want to talk about shared animosity i'll read the card really quick just so people have context it's two and a red for again an enchantment this one's from morning tide so whenever a creature you control attacks. It gets plus 1, plus 0 oh, until end of turn. For each other attacking creature that, you guessed it, shares a creature type with it. Mm-hmm. So if you attack with three, three slivers, they'll all get plus 3, plus 0. Oh.
0: Interesting. Very interesting card.
2: This is a card that people took notice of, not because of EDH. Uh, this was doing things in... Remember Extended? <laughs> there was a <laughs> no, Warrior's no, <laughs> deck in Extended. Yeah, that was... Uh... For a while, Extended was basically double standard. So it's like, hey, remember all the Fairies decks everybody played in standard? Well, they're back, and now you can't beat them. So uh, that was like right before Modern. Uh, Extended was a format uh, that Wizards kind of changed up and made a much smaller card pool, trying to make it as the, uh, the alternative to Legacy, and that really didn't work. And they're like, you know what? We like this overextended thing that Gavin Verhey's talking about, and they ended up making Modern. Um, but there was there was a Warrior's deck in that, uh, that format, and um, this has always just sort of been a card. Uh, I'll, I will briefly touch on this concept that I like to call a second spike, and briefly that is when a card spikes because a, a deck makes it relevant, Everyone says, oh, wow, dealers are paying $7 for that and trying to sell it for 12 I have one of those in my binder. Here, give me $7. bucks. i will go do something else with it. I thought that was a bulk rare. So people go and they find them in the shoeboxes under their bed, and they find all the copies at their LGS, and they all get concentrated in the hands of the dealers. So when the card becomes relevant again a couple years later, people aren't going to be able to affordably go to their LGS and buy it for a dollar out of the bulk rare box. They're going to have to pay $11 from the dealer because the dealer's got all the copies because they don't Mm -hmm. have so there's
1: no more to be found in your box under your bed because you you already took them out the first time
2: exactly so when a card becomes relevant a second time it it tends to spike harder in price because you don't have those affordable copies to attenuate the price spike and smooth it out it's basically you have to buy from the dealer and the dealer said hey this is relevant how about 15 so uh shared animosity is a card that's been on people's radars and it's It spiked once in 2014 and it kind of went up in 2016 where it's plateaued. So that this is a card that everyone's been aware of spiking enough times that if this doesn't get reprinted and uh, it could because it's not as symmetrical. It's whenever a creature you control attacks. Yeah, true. So this this has a a better chance of getting reprinted. But still, if it doesn't, this is this is not going to be a card you can buy for, you know, eight bucks on MTG deals. Or even, uh, you know, as cheap as it is on, uh, on Card Kingdom. So this is, uh, is going to be something that I think has a higher chance of getting reprinted, but I think it has the same chance of going up if it's not.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. and interestingly, Mana Echoes only affects you also. So that would sort of lean you in the direction of it has a better chance of getting reprinted. Mm-hmm. Two, if you buy the idea we talked about earlier. Yeah. So of these three Patriarchs bidding, you think probably the best... Uh, yeah. <laughs> thing to look at as far as when those deck lists are released if it's not there probably grab it right away
2: that reminds me most of phyrexian altar and uh i'll give you guys some advice that i gave you uh two and a half years ago that uh we Josh still use Jimmy it all the time to repeat yeah yeah uh buy twice as much as you want if you want two patriarchs beddings for two decks go buy four
0: yeah because uh,
2: if it does double in price then the two you keep are free
1: good point We've been parroting that same advice for two and a half years now, and it's still good. It's still good. Yeah. If Um, you want the card, then somebody else will want the card. So, and and actually, chances are that uh, you're also going to want another one of those cards.
2: (laughs) And I think it's great for your listeners because they don't want to become hardcore financiers and watch uh, 45 price graph changes every single day like I do. But if you were going to buy a card, you're going to do that anyway, so it's it's pretty affordable to buy two copies of a $3 card and then suddenly it's 6 bucks, and you basically got a free one. Or you didn't pay 12 to get them for your decks later. So you don't have to be a hardcore financier to just benefit from uh, price changes if you take that simple advice.
1: So I'm going to ask you about a card, Jason. It's Cavern of Souls. Does this fall into the category you think where it's kind of too expensive now? to reprint in one of the commander 2017 decks, because I think it's a card that everybody's going to want, uh, even more than they do now.
2: Yeah. Uh, cavern of souls is a very popular card. Uh, on EDH rec, it is in like 10,000 decks.
0: Yeah. It's in, that's the, insane. It's in, the,
2: it's in the top hundred cards um, as
0: a $50 card yeah, plus. And, still.
2: Yep. 50 bucks on card kingdom. So, uh, I think that $50 price tag basically rules it out. Um, so So it's kind of like you almost
1: need to buy it now if you're going to want it because it's going to go even higher then i mean
2: well this isn't i think if they do modern and eternal masters is a a great place to reprint this
0: and this so we're a year
1: away from another one of those
0: yeah if um, they
1: do another eternal masters that didn't go so well i don't know if they're going to do that again
0: is there a chance that this comes back in
1: iconic masters is it iconic
2: it is now. They, you can make. You can make the case that it's iconic. Shoot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. any place they can jam. There's. I guess nobody's There's gonna no gonna one who is right? big enough nerd to complain about yeah. this in iconic. Masters. Yeah. be like, like whatever. Oh, a Fifty dollar card became affordable for a couple months. That's that's not an icon. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I think I, any chance they get to reprint this and make it so people can pay $20, 25 bucks for it for even a couple months and just be able to open it in boosters. Also. Yeah. You're so, not opening this in booster packs.
1: So do you think people, like, I'm literally asking for me, because I didn't open a Cavern of Souls in all of my uh, Modern Masters, unfortunately. Unlucky. I don't own one. Uh, so should I buy one now? Is it better now than it is going to be, like, after Commander 2017 comes mm-hmm. out? Like, I'm not sure what to do about it.
2: it look, I think you pay the $50 now, uh-huh. because there are, there are a lot of different outcomes, right? And you just got to weigh which one is a bigger blowout to you. So, what's a bigger blowout? You pay $50 now, a year from now, or two years from now, it's in a master set. It goes down to like 25, 30 bucks for a while and then goes back up to 50, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a year after that.
1: Which is not that bad. Are
2: you going to feel real bad that you paid 50 and then had to watch it be less than 50 and then be 50 again? Uh, (laughs) That's a good point. Is that a bigger blowout than you not paying 50 and then it's 75 this time next year?
1: And I still want it and now I pay 75.
0: This is still a legacy and modern card. It's insane to me uh, that it's like almost the same price as a Badlands. (laughs) Yeah. Like a card that is almost impossible to get. But this card, because it's so played in modern and legacy, it's just through the roof. Uh, Okay. That's an interesting one. Another one I
1: thought about was Coat of Arms, because that has just always, even though it's been reprinted quite a bit, it's managed to hold like a pretty respectable. price tag but it feels this feels like the kind of card they can reprint Mm -hmm. um and it's in a lot of decks it's it's a what like a seven dollar card and it it's on eh rec is in about 6400 decks so that's still a lot of decks
2: Um, but i I think um again getting back to benny smith's article i think that's a card that's Sort of ruled out a little bit, because it's each creature. Yeah, it's a little it's, too it's symmetrical. It's like Patriarch's
1: bidding, right? Like, if yeah. I put it on yeah. the table, I'll, I'll read the card. It's five man out for an artifact. Each creature gets plus one, plus one for each other creature on the battlefield that shares at least one creature type with it. So it affects your opponents as well. So if you have five dragons, all your dragons get plus five, plus five. If the other player has six slivers, all their slivers get plus six, plus six. Right. So...
2: Yeah, and if they have a sliver dragon, their sliver dragon gets bonuses from yeah. their
0: slivers and your and dragons. Only well, needs to share at least one creature type. Yes, I, I agree there. I think it would be a little too swingy because you could just play that onto the board and then every... And you could help your get, opponents too much. And the game just becomes ridiculous at that point. There's no balance there. Well,
1: I don't think they probably want cards that you draw and you don't want to play. Right. Which is what Patriarch's bidding and Coat of Arms could cause in a tribal... Mm -hmm. Uh, a group where all the decks are tribal or a a game. I mean,
0: yeah. Unless you have a deck that has like rest in peace in it. And then you might play that card in there as well.
1: So is this a card you think that it might be, it it feels like Patriarch's bidding coat of arms, cavern of souls. Maybe I would think about picking up now rather than later then.
2: Yeah. I would say coat of arms is, it's just one of those cards that even if it does end up getting reprinted, it's just going to go back to what it was. It's not going to be like $7 now and $15 in a year. Mm-hmm. but it's not going to be $3 in a year. It's, it's pretty much, no matter what they do to it, it's going to grow a little bit.
1: It could grow a lot if they don't reprint it, though. This is going to put a bunch of tribal decks that don't exist now into existence and, and raise the demand, don't you think?
2: I, I just think there are so many copies. This has been printed a lot. Mm-hmm. It's very good, um, but I mean, it, yeah. I mean, 6,400 decks on EDA Trek is nothing to sneeze at. And, and something like Krenko, or anything that like makes tokens, like uh, you know, uh, Reese the Redeemed, or right. Nath of the Guilt Leaf, or Prosh. Oh, this is so good in my Prosh deck. Oh god, it's so good. in so, Prosh. Yeah, I've been killed by it so many times. Oh, your so Prosh is so buffed. Yeah.
0: Well, Prosh works very well with cards like Mana Echoes too. I mean, I, all the cards we've talked about. Prosh is near the top of the list for decks they're in for, on the EDH. I would though. say.
1: I would estimate conservatively that the first like six months I played the commander that about a third of my losses were to coat of arms in a pro uh, against a proche Cause there was like three proche in our meta and they all played coat of arms.
0: Yeah. yeah. Just a little bit of haste and uh, <laughs> say bye bye to you. Um, yeah.
2: Xenagos is good for giving it haste.
0: Yeah, certainly.
2: So, uh, yeah, I mean really, again, we just weigh the scenarios, right? Like how much of a blowout is you paying $7 and then it gets reprinted and it goes down to five and goes back up to seven.
0: Right. I don't right. think
2: this is going to go to 20, but I think this could go to 10
0: mm-hmm. yeah, but so, the, percentage wise that's that's just different than like fifty to seventy five or something, or at least dollar wise, not percentage sorry the yes, amount percentage is the same, but yeah
2: I mean your your listeners for the most part aren't mtG speculators, they're just edH players that don't want to get blown out, right so right exactly. maybe buy now if you don't want to get blown out because I think I think your odds are getting uh feeling real bad. Uh, are probably greater if you don't by now uh, right. and maybe buy twice as many copies as you want
0: because
2: <laughs> you'll probably build another tribal deck Double uh, it that up. you didn't anticipate once you <laughs> once you see the spoilers and you're like oh man i thought i was just gonna build dragons but they got five color pirates i'm there so you never <laughs> know
0: five card pirates would be sweet you are going to get a lot of tools to build a lot of tribal decks well jason as always you have incredibly good advice and very relevant advice to players of the game because all of us are Well, none of us are professional financiers, but if we can save a buck we are certainly going to try and do so and there are some of us out there that want to make a buck too even though i think a lot of us that buy cards and be like oh it was worth this much now never intend to sell them we just like to say, like, I bought this card when it was this much, and now it's worth that much. Yeah. Why
1: don't you go sell it? No, I want it. I want to uh, keep yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I want yeah. it. I, I well, need to actually
0: have twice as many copies of this.
2: <laughs> well, maybe you trade it for a Mana Reflection instead of a Vernal Bloom, you know, mm-hmm. because you bought it at the right time. So, like, right. it, it, it's even if you're just trading, out. it makes your trade uh, your trade binder worth more.
0: Right. Well, a good way to get a lot of these cards, as we've said earlier in the show, is by going to cardkingdom.com slash zone. It's a great place to order, pre-order, and even, even speculate a little bit. It's a fun game. I don't uh, engage too much in it myself, but when I do, buying some foil foils, for example, it paid off quite well. So I'm very excited about that. How many foil that. foils did you get? I got four. I got I mean, four. You're smart. Yeah. I only got two. See, I uh, thought about two, and then I thought about Jason, and then I got four. I'm so gun-shy after the whole Supreme Verdict debacle well hey you never know you never know josh <laughs> you never still, never know uh, still a lot of room uh the show i also- thought
2: i would want 50 supreme verdicts and then i thought of jason's advice and bought 100
0: yeah there <laughs> you go that's kind of what happened that is exactly what happens maybe <laughs> foil, it doesn't maybe it doesn't way, scale as much for uh, the higher up you get for that. Yeah, maybe just buy two Patriarch biddings. Don't go for 50. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, I mean, Josh does have 100 decks that Supreme Breaks gonna go in, right?
1: <laughs> no, I have 24, but they don't all have blue and white. Yeah. <laughs> that's a problem. Uh, Definitely, you're gonna buy Magic cards anyway. We always say this. Go to cardkeam.com slash command zone and you can be helping to support the show and also Game Nights. Yeah. Also, big call out to our other sponsor, Ultra Pro. Again, they provide us with a ton of stuff to give away to you on every episode of Game Nights. Also, what we're going to talk about in a little bit, GP Vegas, they gave us a ton of stuff. Also, Eclipse sleeves are freaking awesome. I am almost done resleeving all of my decks in them. Wow, I that's very respectable. I've yep. done
0: it to two. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll dude, you're time. not ready for Vegas. Uh, you know, I know, but I'll I'll try my best when we get around to it. <laughs> hey man,
2: don't let you uh, don't let an Ultra Pro
0: rep see you using non Eclipse sleeves like a poor. That's true. Got to represent, man. They will know. They'll call me out on it too, and they'll be like, "Do you want some free Ultra Pro product though?" Because oh, I got a ton to give away.
1: A you're smart. Yeah. I should be like, oh, I ran out of the sleeves. Can you give me some? Yeah. People think they give us, like, tons. We we give all that stuff away. Almost so we, all of it, yeah. Yeah, we, we kept a few Eclipse sleeves, but I actually had to buy some of my own, so. Yeah, well, we need to sleeve the decks up when we play them on game night, so. All right, to the listeners, what is your financial advice in anticipation of Commander 2017? What are you doing? When you saw the leaks, what were the cards you thought of that were like, oh, I better grab this now or better start thinking about it because it's going to shoot up in price? Have, we have want you spec on anything? I want to know. Yeah, does anybody else spec on stuff? I th- I feel like I every time I listen to like Jason, I want
0: to do it, and then I talk myself out of it because I realize that I'm not good at it. Yeah, yeah you never know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, let us know. You can tweet at us, send us an email. You can also post comments on the YouTube channel as well as on the website, collected.company. All right, let's move on to the end step before we talk about GP Vegas, uh, where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Jason Alt, do you have anything that you would like to share with the world today?
2: Uh. You know what? the first thing i thought of when you mentioned this uh was the shows on amazon prime uh i had amazon prime for two years before i watched anything on it and mm-hmm. i'm really impressed with their original programming there's a show cool. i saw called the patriot that i think is fantastic very dry and funny uh, i got kurtwood smith that you all recognize as eric foreman's dad from that 70s show is on that show uh, and i just I do uh, love that guy I just, I don't know, because uh, it's, I mean, it's real, everyone knows about Handmaid's Tale, that's all anybody's talking about right now, and everyone mm-hmm. knows that Netflix has got great original programming, but for whatever reason, nobody really wants to talk about what's going on over at Amazon Prime, and uh, man, the, they got a bunch of HBO stuff on there too, I'm rewatching The Wire right now, oh, So and I should be, good. yeah, wow. I should be teaching my daughter to read, and I'm not, I'm... I'm watching a show I've you seen teach already. Her how to, never mind. Yeah, you can teach her about the five O. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what awesome. do we say to the cops? Nothing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't talk. You're 16 months old. That's good. Yeah, Snitches that's get stitches, Lily. So, do huh? get stitches.
1: Where is Bodhi? Patriot, halt and catch fire. All right, I'm setting my cue. If people don't know, Jason's nickname is Nickelback. Nickelback. And it's not true, but it's a thing that we say because of GP Vegas in 2015. And because of Jason. And because of Jason. It's a long story. I'm not going to explain it. But I do want to talk about GP Vegas this year because it's in a day or two when you're listening to this. First of all, I wanted to go over the schedule that Jimmy and I uh, are going to have at the GP. We're going to be involved in some events uh, in the convention hall. So we have a Q&A panel on Thursday the 15th. It's going to be with Wedge, the professor, Graham from Loading Ready Run. It's at Thursday. Uh, it's Thursday at three PM uh, in the convention hall.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, of course, the big event on Thursday is our gathering, our big command zone party. Um, this is this is the thing you can't miss. I think at the entire event. Uh, Maybe may biased. It's going to be a party. Yeah. No,
2: awesome. I can verify that it was at it uh, two years ago, and uh, that was the event not to miss for sure. Sweet.
1: And this is open to all. It's going to be taking place at the Plaza Hotel which is um, near Old Vegas, uh, uh, just right off Fremont Street. You can Mm -hmm. take a cab or an Uber. Uber, uh, They know exactly where it is. Again, that's Thursday night, 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. You don't want to miss this event because we're giving away free drafts. We got products from Wizards Donated. We bought a bunch ourselves. Uh, We're talking Conspiracy 2 drafts. We've got Uh, We've got hundreds of drafts to give away, so... We're also giving away some big premium prizes, and we're doing a raffle as well. Oh, yeah, the premium prizes. We've got a box, a booster box of Eternal Masters. We have a Masterpiece Soul Ring. We have a a Atraxa Sealed Pre-Con. Value. We have this huge bag of Ultra Pro products. One of four, essentially. That I can barely lift. It weighs about 70 pounds um we have you can barely lift 70 pounds i'm sitting i'm seating i'm seating he's seating Uh, he's seated listen if you want to arm wrestle anytime we can do
0: it i mean have you seen (laughs) these guns they look tiny in comparison i'm Uh, gonna watch the movie over the top until gp vegas (laughs) just to get ready for you oh no i will never see that strategy coming we're (laughs) also gonna have food and drink as well as a cash bar if you were looking for alcoholic beverages so there's gonna be a little bit of something for everyone and here's the thing we don't know how fast it's gonna fill up if it's gonna the fill up completely last time it was at capacity so i would recommend getting there earlier if possible i'm
1: terrified of how many people are going to show up this time um we expected somewhere around 60 last time we got about 250 yeah i think we could be pr- pushing four or 500 we're prepared for around that amount if it's more you want to get there you want to get there soonish to grab a table, to get yeah. as much... Before we... We're, I mean, we've got a ton of stuff to give away, but we're, at some point we will run out. Yeah. Um, and,
0: and here's the thing. Josh and I will be running around trying to play with as many people as possible and hang out. We will also need to uh, coordinate the event and make sure everything happens. So if you don't get to play a game with us that night, don't worry. We'll be around... We're going to be around the whole weekend, and we're doing a bunch of other stuff as well, which we're going to describe in a second. Okay, yeah.
1: Uh, So we're doing Spell Slinging from 12 to 2 on Friday. That's the 16th in the convention hall. Spell Slinging is an event where you can play with one of a number of various sort of personalities in Magic. So it'll be me, Jimmy. I know Cassius Marsh is playing at the same time. I don't know exactly who else, but it's people like the Professor, like Wedge. A lot of times, pros uh, will be involved in those things, so you get to play against, I don't know, Melissa de Tora or whoever um again those names are not specific i only know that me jimmy and cassius are going to be at uh that one on friday we are also playing in a bounty event from five to nine on friday also in the convention hall that's a sealed tournament and you enter it and if you run into jimmy or i or one of the other personalities that's playing in the event then you sort of get additional prizes if you beat them
0: yeah more Uh, prize tickets for the wall to get more cool stuff and they're gonna have a great prize wall, i'm sure at gp vegas this year
1: and then there's a VIP party, uh, Channel Fireball's Throwing, that's also in the convention hall. Uh, and we'll be there from 10 p.m., although I believe the party starts at 9. Jason will also be there. Yep. Um, if you guys want
0: to find out how to get into that, if you go to GP Vegas' website, you'll see there are different packages you can get to get into the party and all that.
1: And then the other sort
0: of can't-miss thing is we're going to be recording
1: a live episode of the Command Zone. Again, in the convention hall. From 1 to 3, so from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. on Saturday. Yeah. And this is our first ever time recording the podcast in front of a live audience. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have the ability to take questions from the audience and involve the audience. We also are going to be giving away a ton of stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, t-shirt cannon, here we come. <laughs> t-shirt cannon. That's all I think You're about. You're going to
2: give away a T-shirt cannon? Those yeah, things, it's going to be nice.
0: It's gonna be, but you we want to provide people. your own T-shirts. Yeah, for and we, want, we want people to give away stuff at the convention, too. So, you know, we give them a T-shirt cannon and... Good luck. No, just kidding. Yeah, we're gonna give away a ton of stuff. One to three on Saturday, and if you know, come with questions and all that stuff. I also might add for spell slinging. Um, if you have, if you want to like play modern against one of us, and you get lined up bring two modern decks because I'm not going to have any modern decks on me. Bring two That's standard true. decks. That's true. They usually
1: give us what decks we're supposed to play, but it's fine. If you have two decks and want to play them against each other, I'll, I'll cheat. Yeah. I mean, I won't tell that. I'll bring some commander order, decks. Yeah. We'll
0: play some fast games maybe 20 life, you know?
1: <laughs> the other thing to say, and Jason, I know you do this when you're at the GP, is that we're just going to be in the convention hall looking for pickup games a lot of the time, and the best way to sort of find us is going to be to follow us on Twitter, at CommandCast, at JF Wong, at Josh Lee Kwai. And we'll tweet out things like, hey, we're at table 735. Mm -hmm. You know, we're looking for commander. And it's very easy to find because of the table numbers in the GP. And there'll usually be a big gathering of commander players once we send out tweets like that. And that will sort of create a little commander area within the GP. And we're going to be
0: doing that from time to time most
1: days, I'd say. Yeah.
0: And you can find Jason on Twitter at jasonealt.com. And Jason, I'm sure you'll be letting people know where they can locate you at certain points during the Jason weekends. plays
1: a lot of EDH at these things, as I recall. Are you planning on doing the same thing this time?
2: No, I'm actually going to play the main event. Ooh. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> almost choked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's always been bad value. Uh, yeah, at agreed. the first GP Vegas, Corbin got like tenth place. He's like, I won six hundred bucks. I'm like, you played Magic for thirty six hours, when we were in Vegas. Yeah, we <laughs> did a lot done, of you stuff. You could have done the same thing in Cincinnati. I don't know why you thought that was a good plan. <laughs> that's like, true. I like a pro point. Yeah, whatever.
0: <laughs> Corbin, I mean, so, he's he probably one of the best Magic players I do know. So that's awesome. I didn't know he got tenth, but that's that's great to hear.
2: Uh, he he did real well. He was yeah. I think he very narrowly missed. Uh, Wow. Top eight. I'm probably over a minute. He probably got like 24th, which is still fine, but I don't even remember. It was – he did real well, and like still the the overall consensus was that he should have opened his sealed pool, got a foil sword of fire and ice, and dropped like me.
1: Yeah, just get oh, out was that, there. You got a foil sword of fire and ice?
2: Yeah. Dang. Wow. Dang. Uh, yeah, the universe play, uh, rewards people that are are there for
0: value, value based. Sure. Yeah, for sure. No,
1: I was there for value. I, I didn't open anything, and I played my first round. I won, and then I dropped so that, because I didn't want to play the whole <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs>
0: Here's the thing, so, I, I know for I, I sure. I gave the guy the
1: win, by the way, everybody. I'm not oh, a jerk. I, I nice. won the game, and before he signed the card, I was like, no, no, I dropped, man.
0: I got to six and zero or five and zero before yeah, you were I, I killing lost it, three, inter- and I was like, oh boy, this is not worth it. It wasn't worth it ultimately. Um, oh, that's another thing, though, is that Josh and I do love limited events. We might play a draft at some point. Sure It'd be awesome will. to just pick up seven people that are fans of the show and friends and just draft with everyone because you can customize a pod like that they've got the really history
1: great. of drafting going on so right. there's a good chance there's some formats like rise of the eldrazi I, 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 that's gonna be hard for me to pass up if i'm available uh, if, yeah i think you might have to sign up to even.
0: the do history
2: that. of draft is five packs of homelands <laughs> remember guys pass right left right left right left <laughs>
0: <laughs> and take all the two twos for two nothing um,
2: wheels it's eight card packs Let's oh really oh that's hilarious <laughs> wow
0: So if
1: you are thinking about going to the GP and you haven't already booked it, which is crazy, but some people are like that, I would definitely
0: encourage you to go. It's going to be more like a magic convention than it is like a tournament. And you do not need to register for the main event. You can walk in for absolutely 100% free and sit down and just play magic with people. Think of it as a big gathering of stuff. Also, just going to put this out there. Be very, 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 very careful about your belongings. Vegas is a city, notably, that is risen from a history of crime. I'm not going to lie. Uh, So just in general there are a lot of tourists there and the more tourists you put somewhere the higher the crime rate's going to be so all gps all
1: large gathering of people you should always be very careful with your decks they are yeah. very valuable you know the commander in podcast just did an entire episode um right. about sort of security at with your belongings at things like gps it's a really good listen uh they brought on one of their patrons i forget his name but i think he has a background in security or the military or something and and he talked about a lot of good ways you know, he went all the way up the list from very easy ways to very compl- complicated ways to just make sure that all your stuff
0: is safe and secure. So yeah. I think that's worth a listen if you're going to a GP, not just GP Vegas, any GP. Yeah. My yeah. main thing is like, look, I know you're going to be excited. You're going to want to bring all your decks, all your trades, everything at once. Just choose, pick and choose and bring it. Because imagine, I think you were the one that said this to me, everyone's walking around holding two to $3,000 in their hand. Like, dollar bills. Or in their backpack, in just In their backpack, tough, just, just stuff, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a very lucrative opportunity for anyone that wants to take advantage of that. So you can be safe about it and make sure you have a great weekend on top of all that. All right, now that we've scared
1: everybody, really, GPs are awesome. They're they tons are, of fun. They are tons of fun, yeah. yeah I was iffy about them because I'm a casual player the first time I went. And I was like, no, wait, oh, it's a convention. It's, it's awesome. It's a convention, yeah. yeah. All right, go to GP Vegas. Yep. I'm looking for a segue. I don't find one. Oh, yeah, I did find one. Because these two guys... We're going to be be at GP Vegas, Ben Bateman, and Alex Kessler. They are the hosts of our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern. You can find them on Twitter at the MMCast, and right next to us uh, on Collected.company.
0: Another person that's going to be there is our editor, Terry Robertson. He's going to be hanging out, shooting some film for us the weekend, and hopefully playing some magic as well and enjoying himself. So if you want to say hi to the guy that makes it happen uh, on the video side of things, you're going to say hi to Terry at GP Vegas. He's going to be there. Big thanks to Terry and also big thanks to... Another
1: guy that's going to be there.
0: Jeffrey Palmer. He is the guy that makes the living card animations at the beginning and ending of our videos. And he's just incredible. He does a lot. Of, you'll Probably when they have the GP on Twitch and watching it there, you'll yeah, see some he, more animations by him.
1: Yep. And th- another guy that's going to be there, Jason Alt. You can find Jason at Jason E. Alt on Twitter. Jason we uh, hanging know. out with us me, at the GP. Probably. Yeah, you can find him at the craps table also, and you can <laughs> find him at our party on Thursday night. Jason, I may miss some stuff, so just I'm gonna I'm gonna start and then I'm gonna pass it to you so that you because you're Ryan Seacrest and you're just involved with so many things, it's hard for us to list. But MTG Price, you write articles for editor at EDH Rec for the article series there. One of the hosts of Brainstorm Brewery podcast. One of the hosts of the Money Draft podcast. Uh, the 75% theory articles, are those aren't gathering magic. Is that correct, Jason?
2: That's correct. Okay, what else did I miss? Uh, I mean, because that's not you, enough. <laughs> I think you got it. That's, uh,
0: that's, you, that's dude, quite a career right there. I've, how do you keep up with all that stuff? That is insanity. I do love the Minister of Commander Finance. That's my favorite. Yeah.
2: You know, uh, if you don't do anything else, uh, some people just have like eight hours every day. <laughs> where they're just like working a worthless day job, and then and then eight hours at night where they're sleeping. I don't do either of those things.
0: Uh, <laughs> Work or sleep.
2: I do all the magic. I do all the comedy, and then uh, I babysit a kid all day. So I get to take cat naps when she ta- takes cat naps. Nice. Oh, did you guys tell your listeners uh, what I named my daughter?
1: Oh, I don't think they know. Um, I'll let you go ahead and tell it because yeah, they're going to uh, they're going to know it's... the reference right away.
2: Yeah, so uh, my wife and I couldn't decide on baby names because all the names she liked were how do I put this delicately really terrible. Like she wanted to, <laughs> she's like, "What about Rowan for a boy's name?" I'm like, "I'm pretty sure he'll bully himself." Oh yeah, like That's if your hilarious. name's Rowan, just like cut your underwear so oh, it tears geez, easily. Oh geez, dude, when I have a
1: nephew named Rowan.
2: <laughs> exactly. <Asking laughs> so you know what you I'm talking on, about? know <laughs> yeah. just. <laughs> Uh, we couldn't agree on any names everything she liked I thought was bad and I threw out there hey what about Chandra what about Jace what about Liliana and she's like oh I like that last one and I was like well we can't name our daughter Liliana because that's that's a magic thing but then we couldn't agree on another name and uh actually I'm really glad I gave her that name because uh she's my favorite person and magic's my favorite game so I I think it's kind of fitting Oh. that she's named after uh, a character from my favorite game so and a lot of uh, options
0: for nicknames yeah. for lily lil
2: yeah just uh, people are like what's her name i'm like lily they don't need to know so uh
0: <laughs> so, so yeah that's uh, that's so, what we so went
2: lily
1: with. what do we say to the cops nothing nothing
2: <laughs> <laughs> nothing snitches get stitches
0: absolutely uh,
2: so yeah that's uh that's sort of my life um All that stuff. That's a lot of stuff, but uh, I I find time for it, and uh, I also find time to listen to this podcast.
0: We'll make sure to also include all the links to your places and where you can read your articles and all that in the show notes, so make sure you check that out if you're listening or watching the show right now. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We will see you all at GP Vegas. I should say
1: also that... Next week's episode will probably be a little bit late just because we will be at Vegas and we're going to be shooting a lot of footage there and that'll take longer than normal to compile into an episode.
0: And our editor will be there with us so he cannot work on it until he gets back most likely. Yeah,
1: so don't worry if Tuesday, next Tuesday hits and the show's not out, it will still come out it's just going to be a little bit late. But it'll be probably more awesome than normal.
0: Absolutely. And a big thank you to Jason as well for coming on the show. Jason, we won't make it two and a half years until the next time, we promise. Might, well, be,
2: uh, might be three. Uh, I'm, I'm sure to become relevant enough to be invited as a regular guest. So there. You
0: go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, everybody. I well, uh, already said thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Yeah, we'll see
0: you next time. Peace. Beats. Peace. Beats. Uh, Beats just, by Man, this
1: ending just took so long that I got yeah. confused. Yeah. Peace. Pow.
0: For your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at jfwang and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs>